Why don't you turn with me this morning and beginning a new series called Living a Spirit-Filled Life. And this morning, I want to talk about the Holy Spirit come. And uh, really, that's our prayer this morning. I think it's evident that God is here. It's in our midst. We sing praises. But there's that, there's that posture of our hearts where we want more yeah. of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Um, so over the next few weeks, we're going to look at who he is, what he does, and how we can respond to the presence and the Spirit of God in our lives. You know, it's the Holy Spirit is already at work in our lives. It's why we're sitting here. Uh, you know, God has already met us and opened up our hearts, our eyes, and uh, brought us into a, a relationship with God. You know, God has connected us. It's a work where he gathers people into a family. And that's a really important thing, you know, that we're not orphans, but we, we come into a family and we've got mums and dads that we can be nurtured and grown and taught the word and taught how to live a kingdom life. Um, that's a great thing. Um, I love the fact that, you know, Jesus never came to offer us a religion. He came to call us into a relationship. And uh, as we've been thinking about today, you know, when we look at our own lives and we look at, you know, our need of God, the brokenness is... Um, Shane so greatly said this morning, you know, we don't have to look far within our own human being to not see that there's parts that are broken and that are, you know, that are, that are not right, that are not perfect, and that's what we live with. And so this morning, again, I want to just um, set that scene where we can come to know who Holy Spirit is to us and who He is in us. Amen. Um, John 14, 15 to 17 says this, If you love me, you will keep my commandments. And I will ask the Father, and he will give you another helper to be with you forever. Everyone say forever. forever. That's, a, that's a long time. And uh, even the spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees him nor knows him, but you know him, for he dwells with you and he will be in you. Amen. Amen. Uh, great comfort in the scripture this morning to be with us and to be in us. And that's a really important thing every single day when we wake up every morning that we have been sent a helper who is going to reveal himself to us. And so the Holy Spirit, you know, throughout all of history, Holy Spirit has been upon men and women empowering their lives in tremendous ways. We read it all the way through the narrative of Scripture. We read the stories. We see and hear the testimonies of what God has done. And He wants us to understand who He is in our lives. You know, this is not just about give it a go, hope you make it. This is about an assurance. And I really feel God wants to lay a foundation over these next few weeks in getting us ready for what is in the coming season, so that we would understand every single morning when we wake up that Holy Spirit is with us and He's in us. That we're not alone, but God is always wanting to speak and to guide and to help and to talk. He's always wanting to reveal Himself to us as everyday believers. Amen? The thought as I was going to bed last night, that scripture in Zechariah 4.6, it's not... Uh, the word of the Lord came and says, it's not by might nor by power, but it's by my spirit, says the Lord. Can I just say that we have to have a posture of dependency upon God? Because if we can do everything, we don't need him. But I want to tell you this right now, that this is about the work of the spirit in us. 
And whether that be working on a character issue, whether that be unraveling a, a mess that's going on in our lives, whether that's being for a healing, whether that's being you know, to, to remove something that maybe has been a layer of shame that we've always carried in our lives, the Holy Spirit is the one that wants to come and do the work. Amen. It's an amazing scripture. The context of what that was was all around the people uh, coming back to build the temple. And it wasn't about might. It wasn't the word might is about the force of army or the, the ability or the efficiency. It's all about human sufficiency. This was saying that God's work is not about what we can do. And whether you're building businesses or building your family or building your marriage or building whatever that is, God wants you to understand that we are, have got such a desperate need of him. Because this is not about what we can do. It's not about power. The power is this thought about our own abilities, the plentiful resources, the fierce determination. It's not about what we can muster up in our own doing. No, it is a work of the Spirit. And it's with the Holy Spirit that we're going to do it. You know, as they even look at the plans that we have to build an auditorium and begin to talk with builders and, you know, walk over those, you know, blades of grass and look at the mango trees that are going to go. I'm going, God, how are we going to do this? And he reminds me that he says it's the work of him and not of us. Amen. So we've got many great things where as a community we're posturing in our expectation. But I want to say this is in marriages, in people's finances, in our healing, in our growth, in our discipleship, in the formation of God in our lives. God is doing a work of the Spirit. And it's not by your might, nor is it by our power, but it is by his Holy Spirit that he wants to come and work in us. Amen? So, Father, this morning as we come and learn how to live a Spirit-filled life, Father, I thank you that you would open our ears and our hearts to your word and to what you want to do for us, what you've already done for us and where you're leading us in this revelation, we pray in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. I want to say it again. I feel that this is a word for people. It's not what you can do. It's not how you can work, but it is what God is going to do in you. It's the work of the Spirit. Amen. You know, over, over the creation, I just want to look at four things and then lay a few things down for the, the coming weeks. But number one, we see in creation the Holy Spirit at work. And in Genesis 1-2, it says, The earth was without form and void, and darkness was over the face of the deep. And it says here, The Spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters. You know, before there was anything, there was God. And the Holy Ghost was right there hovering over the face of the waters. Darkness covered everything, and yet God was in the midst of it. Amen? Now, I want us to see this. Nothingness, darkness without form or void. Darkness was over there, but the Spirit of God was hovering. Anyone heard of the man they called Leonard Ravenhill? Great revivalist, a teacher. And he said this, There are nine main feathers on the left hand and the right hand wings of a dove. There are also nine gifts of the Holy Spirit, nine fruits of the Spirit. He says there's also five main feathers, tail feathers of the dove, which represents the fivefold ministry gifts of the apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers. 
It says, the tail feathers of a dove are like the rudder of a ship and they help assist the balance of the direction in flight, just as the fivefold ministry gifts are in the church operating to balance the body of Christ. Amen. How cool is that? I'm like, wow, this is pretty cool. God knows a few things, hey? But, you know, the, the reality is, is this, is that we're living in an era where we're going to know the gifts of the Holy Ghost even more. We're going to understand how to hear God, how to walk with Him, how to flow with the Spirit of God. And out of the nothingnesses of our lives, God is going to create incredible testimony to bring glory to God. Amen? So it says here, that was the first thing. The Holy Spirit was right there in the beginning. And we understand that then God said, let there be light. And all of a sudden, creation came to being. Amen? Now, the dove is the second one of the ark. And the dove was the first time a dove is mentioned in the Bible was after the flood when Noah released one from the ark in Genesis chapter 8. It's a great story. It's a great reminder, particularly in this moment, because the Bible says that um, the word Hamas is right there. It says that the evil covered the face of the earth and God destroyed it. And uh, the Hebrew word is Hamas. What happened when Hamas was first in the earth? God destroyed everything because he saw what evil was in the heart of mankind. And so he sent the flood. And so there they were, the family in the ark for 40 days, 40 nights it rained and filled the earth with water. And then Noah opened the window and he released the raven and then he released the dove. First time it was mentioned. Since the first time the dove was released, it flew back because there was no place to land. In the Old Testament, the Holy Spirit would come upon people for specific assignments. He didn't dwell within them because Jesus had not yet been glorified, John 7, 39. But the Holy Spirit inspired, empowered, and transformed uh, <clears throat> circumstances to demonstrate the power of God's plan. So the, the, the dove was released. And it says in Genesis chapter 8, the second time the dove left the ark, it came back with an olive leaf within its beak, which represented that there was hope. In other words, that there was life back out there. And it also is symbolic. It's a declaration of the hope that was coming, the message of God's salvation. It was a message that was going to transform uh, lives and bring hope to nations. The third time the dove was released from the ark, it did not return. And that spoke of the outpouring of the Holy Ghost upon the church as prophesied in Joel and fulfilled in the book of Acts. It's a, it's a fascinating story as we kind of look at what that all represents and how God has a plan and how the Holy Spirit has always been at work in the world all the way through. You know, it's written down here. I'll just read through this. You know, remember the vessel that God chose Noah to build was an ark built with timber. The ark was a symbolic picture of the finished work of the cross, also made out of the wood. The ark was made of wood, the cross of Calvary. It had one door, which speaks of Christ, Christ being the only door to a life of salvation and eternity. The ark had one window, which speaks of the word of God. It was the lens, the opening to look out through into the world. And so we have the word of God in our hearts to be able to look through that same lens. Inside the ark was one family which represents the church. All of those who proclaim Christ to be their Lord and Savior. For the dove resided in the ark just as the Holy Spirit wants to live 
in those who have trusted in Christ as their salvation. Christ's finished work of the cross likewise protects us from the coming judgment of God because our lives are now hidden in Christ. Just as the dove lived in the ark, the precious Holy Spirit dwells in those who have been made righteous by faith and not by works. For the Holy Spirit comes to shine a light on God's word and reveals the great revelations to us as we allow him to freely teach us more and more of God's word. For the Holy Spirit comes not only to us, but his desire is to reside deep within us. And we say, come Holy Spirit. Amen. Come Holy Spirit. You know, it's not just a it or a something, but we're going to see who this Holy Spirit is to our lives. The third time we see a dove descending is in Matthew 3. 13 to 17, and when Jesus came from Galilee to the Jordan to John to be baptized by him, John would have prevented him saying, I need you to baptize me. But Jesus answered and said to him, come, let it be so now, for thus it is fulfilling to fulfill all righteousness. And so then he consented, and as Jesus was baptized, immediately when he came up out of the water, behold, the heavens were open to him. And he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and coming to rest on him. And then behold, a voice from heaven said to him, This is my beloved Son in whom I am well pleased. We understand baptism is such an important step in the life of a believer because it's a declaration, an outward sign of an inward conviction, an alignment of one's life. And so we see the symbolicness of our past life being the old man and the the grave, the death, the water grave that we go into the waters. And that is representative of that grave that we've now cut our ties from our past life and are dead to sin. And as we go up out of the waters, it's symbolic of the new life that we now have in Christ. Amen. And so we are risen in that newness of life, in that sense of now, God, you are everything to me. The cross before me, the world behind me. And we are now on the path to following this walk with God. And notice it was then as Jesus came up out of the waters that the heavens opened and the word was declared, you are my beloved son. Amen. We're born into family. We're born into relationship. We're born into a kingdom of God. We start out as children, as infants, but the intent is for us to grow into maturity so that we would discover everything that God has for us. How many know that God is fun, Dad? But he's also God. He's holy God, amen? And he's a loving father who is not only good all the time, but he works that goodness in our lives, amen? And so he wants us to mature. So the fourth thing about the dove or the Holy Spirit descending was in the day of Pentecost in Acts chapter 1. And the fourth mark of the Holy Spirit's entrance into the world was on this day. And Jesus was talking, having been resurrected from the grave, he interacted with the believers, disciples for 40 days. For 40 days he lived here on the earth. It's, it's a fact historical fact that Jesus interacted with all these people. And he said to them, he said to them um, in Acts chapter 1, while staying with them, he ordered them, do not depart Jerusalem, but wait for the promise of the Father, which he said to you, 
For John baptized you with water, but you will soon be baptized with the Holy Spirit, not many days from now. Amen? And uh, there was this conjecture, this thing about, God, are you, when, when's it all going to happen? Are you coming you know, to restore the kingdom and all these sorts of things? And uh, Jesus basically just said, hey, listen, get this. Don't leave Jerusalem until the Holy Spirit comes upon you. Amen? Acts chapter 2, when the day of Pentecost arrived, they were all together in one place and suddenly, everyone say suddenly, suddenly. there came from heaven a sound like a mighty rushing wind and it filled the entire house where they were sitting and divided tongues as of fire appeared to each of them and rested on them and they were all filled. Everyone say filled. 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 Come on, say it again, filled. filled. Let me ask you this. If you're filling something, when, when is it full? When it overflows, amen? Now, let me ask you this, right? How many know this, that God wants the overflow in our life all the time? Now, I know we can feel empty. We can feel dry. We can feel stale. We can feel all kinds of things. But the Holy Ghost wants us to be filled to overflowing all of the time. Now, that's our challenge. That's our mission is to understand God is in us, but he wants to manifest and continually fill us every single day. Amen? A daily thing. You know, the Bible says this, Holy Ghost came out. It was a fulfillment of that which Joel had prophesied. In the last days it shall be, God declares, that I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Young men will see visions, dream dreams. Male servants and female servants, in those days I'm going to pour out my spirit and they shall prophesy. And it goes on. And this was this great awakening of the church of Jesus Christ. Everyone thought they were drunk. Everyone thought they were going crazy. Everyone was looking on thinking they're weird, wacko believers, you know. But they were getting filled with the Holy Ghost. They were getting refueled in their life. Their faith and their walk with Jesus had just gone to another level because those things which they had heard were now being seen and experienced. Amen? The Holy Spirit in our lives. The Holy Spirit has always been present. He's rested on men and women to do great works. And Christ came and we see this fulfillment. Let me just do this, fourth quick things. Number one, the Holy Spirit is the Spirit of God. Amen? And we, we understand He's a person. He's the third person of the Godhead. He is the Holy Spirit who we're to get to know. Treat Him as someone who is always with us. You know, I was thinking about this. Be, how about if I was to come home and just hang out with you all the time? A little creepy, eh? Still here. Terrible. Yeah, that's right. Like, like, but like a physical presence of me. You know, you wake up in the morning, hi, I'm here, you know. And, you know, you go in and that favorite house in the room, and you just want to go on just in the bathroom or in the toilet just to kind of have a five minutes. Hi, I'm still here, you know. You kind of go, that is weird. Get out of my house, all right? It is crazy. But let me ask you, let me just say this to you. Right here's, the, here's that physical awareness, that awareness of God. Here's what he wants us to do. He wants us to understand that he's always with us. 
every room, everywhere, in every way. Amen? See him as someone who will never leave us. Know him as someone you want shaping and influencing your life. John 14, 15, and 17, if you love me, you'll keep my commandments, and I'll ask the Father, he'll give you another helper to be with you forever. And even the spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees him or knows him, but you do. Friends, you do. You know him. You know him. Why? Because he's in you and he wants to be with you all the time. Amen? I love, I love this thought. You know, this, this word, um, the helper, is um, the word parakletos. It's, it's the one who comes beside. And, you know, the Amplified brings out, you know, the, the meaning of what this is. John 14, 16 is the comforter, the counselor, the helper, the intercessor, the advocate, the strengthener, the one who stands by. Can I just say this? Every single day, you've got someone who stands right beside you. Every single morning when you wake up, you've got a helper who's there to help you in whatever you're facing. Every single day when you are feeling less than, God is there to be the strengthener of your heart, to hold you into hope and to remind you of the olive branch, the message that brings you peace. Amen. Whatever it is, someone called to one side who pleads another's cause before a judge, the pleader, the counselor, the defense, the legal assistant and the advocate. As Shane says, we all know sin. We don't plan to do it, but when we do do it, God has already made a way because the Holy Ghost is there making intercession for us. And as we come to our loving Father and say, Father, forgive me for my sins, and we become you know, open and transparent and vulnerable and meaningfully connected with God, the awareness of Him. The Bible says that His blood forgives us and cleanses us of all unrighteousness. But the devil says, guilty, shame on you, weak. How dare you call yourself a believer? And he's there before God and before you in your consciousness and in your thinking and just building a case against us. Why would you trust God? Look at you, shame, lies. And yet on the other side, there's the Holy Ghost, the paracleto who's been called to come and to be able to help and to build and to go, uh uh-uh, forgiven, blood bought, blood purchased, saved by God, justified by grace, gift of God on their life, the advocate, amen? He's a person. Number two, the Holy Spirit is the presence of God. The Spirit of God is everywhere. He's omnipresent. And there is nowhere where he isn't. And so when we understand that in our everyday lives, you know, life isn't, you know, skipping through the tulips. There's challenges, there's, there's seasons, there's all kinds of things that happen. Decisions that need to be made. You know, things that we've done that have consequences. You know, decisions that happen and we make and we, we fall and, you know, sometimes we struggle and sometimes we're not sure. But here the Holy Spirit is one who wants to come and to be a presence. There is nowhere that he isn't. The psalmist wrote this in Psalm 139, 7 to 10. Where can I go from your spirit? 
Where can I flee from your presence? If I go to the heavens, you're there. If I make my bed in the depths there, you're there. If I rise on the wings of the dawn and settle on the far side of the sea, even there your hand will guide me and your right hand will hold me. He's with us, amen? Aren't you glad of that? Bill Johnson says this, living with the continual awareness of him has got to be our supreme goal for anyone who understands the privilege of hosting him. Amen? God, I want to host you. Lord, I want to meet you. Lord, I want my home, this space, to be filled with your presence. You know, when any of your friends come into your home, what is the atmosphere that you've cultivated? When they interact with you, what is the presence that hits them? It's a place where God dwells. It's a place where God lives on the inside of us. But, you know, in the presence, in the, in the space, in the, in the land, when people drive onto this property, we want them to encounter something. We build an awareness of him. We live lives where his presence is always welcome. We can build a meeting place, an altar, a secret place where we go and spend time with him. We want to rest. We want him to rest upon us. Do you know what? We can grieve him. We can quench him. We can offend him. And we can resist him. Or we can hunger and surrender and agree and align. You know what? Let's be people who want him more and more and more. Holy Spirit, come. Amen. The Holy Spirit, the third thing, is the revealer of God's word. Jesus um, said these words in Matthew 16, 17, and 20. He was asking the disciples, who, they, who am I? And Peter responded, you're the son of the most high God. And Jesus said, blessed are you, Simon, son of Jonah, for this was not revealed to you by flesh and blood, but my Father in heaven. And I tell you that you're Peter on this rock. I'm going to build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail. You know, th this, this thought that the Holy Spirit is the revealer of truth. Yeah. Revelation. He comes to uncover and to reveal, to bring to light. And this is the thought of God that the Holy Spirit is the Spirit of the Lord. He is the spirit of wisdom and understanding and counsel and might and knowledge and the fear of the Lord. There's, the, the seven, there's seven things there is who he is. And he comes to us all the time as we read the word, as we in our devotions, as we're in worship, as we're driving down the road, as we're working with colleagues. The Holy Spirit comes and just to whisper and just keep guiding us into all truth. <coughs> to bring remembrance, to acknowledge, understanding, conviction, correction. He says this, He who loves me will obey my teaching, and the Father will love them and will come to them and make a home with them. Advocate the Holy Spirit, whom the Father is sending in my name, he says he will teach you all things and remind you of everything that I've said to you. You know, I don't know about you, but there's days that I need to remember the goodness and the faithfulness of God. The things that God had spoke into my heart over the seasons of my life. The word that is resonant, it's, 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 it's um, working on the inside of us. 
And the Holy Spirit just wants us to keep coming into this understanding of things. Let me ask you this. He's the Spirit who is the breakthrough, and He wants to teach us about breakthrough. Amen? He's the Spirit who heals, and He wants to come and heal us and teach us about healing, to understand a belief system, to understand a theology, to understand a framework around those things. He's the God who wants to come and comfort. He comes in and he outroots insecurity or he outroots anxiety. He, he outroots fear because he wants to build a theology of security of who he is. He's the revealer of truth. Jesus said in John 16, 12, 14, he says, I have so much more to say to you, but you can't bear it. But when he comes, he's going to guide you into all things. For he won't speak on his own authority, but he will only ever speak what he hears. And he will tell you of that which is to come. You will glorify me because it is from me that he will receive and that he will make known to you. Shane, would you like to just to come on up? He will guide us into all truth. He will whisper into our ear. He will bring a word to convict, but he will bring a word to give breakthrough, amen. And the last thing, the Holy Spirit is the power of God. Romans 8, 10, 11 says this, Christ lives in you. So even though your body will die because of sin, the Spirit gives you life because you have been made right with God. For the Spirit of God who raised Jesus from the dead lives in you. And just as God raised Christ from the dead, He will give life to our mortal bodies by this same and living Spirit. Amen. Father, today, Holy Spirit, you're here. And I just want us to think about your life. I want you to think about you right now. What is it? Where is it? How is it that Holy Spirit is already speaking? How is it? Because you're not alone, but He's with you and He's in you. Come, Lord. Holy Spirit, fill us afresh. Holy Spirit, we make room for you. Where have we resisted you, God? Where have we offended you? Father, forgive us. Help us to be a people where you can possess. That you can live fully. Not only in us, but through us, Lord. Because we want to bring glory to you. So God, come. God, fill. Touch lives, heal hearts, in Jesus' name. You know, it's not by might, it's nor by power, but it's by my spirit, says the Lord. Father, prayers that we're believing for, circumstances and situations that we want changed. Holy Spirit, help us to 
live in that awareness every single day that you're with us and you're never, ever going to leave us. We thank you for it.